welcome to Zoom O'Clock with your host, Tessie Anthony de Nassau. This podcast brings you enlightening discussions with leading experts and public figures directly to your ears. Hi, Tony. How are you? Hi, Tessie. Very well. How are you? Really, really good. So for everyone who doesn't know Tony yet, so Tony Kent is a UK book author who has sold 100,000 copies of his last two books. And we are really excited to announce today that tomorrow he will be launching his third book. So welcome, Tony. Tell us a little bit uh, about you. Me. About me? Um, I am an author um, and also a criminal barrister. So I've... Uh, I'm one of those annoying people with two full-time jobs. Um, <clears throat> I'm a thriller writer, and uh, I write some legal thrillers, some political thrillers. Uh, my first book was called Killer Intent, uh, which was a Zoe Ball book club um, book, or pick. I, there's only 10 of those ever picked, and mine was one of them. Wow. Uh, second book is Mark for Death, which is a legal thriller, and that was a Richard and Judy book club pick last summer, where uh, one of only six... Uh, and my third book is Power Play, which comes out tomorrow. And that is all about the president of the United States and who really runs America. Oh, wow. This is so timely. Did you see today that, uh, that President Trump has uh, stopped um, providing money to the WHO? Yes, I did. <laughs> well, um, it's, uh, it's insane, isn't it? I mean, he's, he's stopped the money on the basis of accusing them of doing all the things that he's done wrong. It is, it is really, the world is upside down, isn't it? But let's go back well, to... Well, you've, you've got a, a person in the White House who's after ratings, haven't you? So. It, is, it is a real problem. I'm very concerned. But let's go back to you. How do you get from being an, a criminal barrister to a book author? How did that happen? Um, I, I think I always wanted to be an author and I always wanted to be a barrister. And I thought you could be both. And so I started my first book the same year that I started my training to be, a, or my, my final stage of training to be a barrister. The final stage of training is called pupillage, which is basically an apprenticeship. Uh, you know, you do your degree, then you do your bar finals, and then you spend a year following another barrister around. And I thought I could do both because there's an author called David Baudacci, who I love, a fantastic author. And he would always been billed as a, as a lawyer writer. And this is back before I understood publicity and PR and that most of it is lies. And so I believed that. And I thought, oh, I'll do both. So I wrote the first three chapters of my first book when I was 22. And then I never looked at it again until I was 34. Uh, it took me 12 years to get back to it because my other career um, went very well and I was extremely busy. Well, I can imagine being a barrister that you have quite a lot to do. Wow, that is yeah, it, it gets a bit it gets a bit busy, yeah. <laughs> so I assume writing a book is very difficult, very different to the writing you're doing every day. Did you have some help? Did you go to a bookstore and get like writing a book for for beginners? How did you do it? Um, I didn't. I didn't do any kind of studying. I didn't do any kind of anything really. I just I just sat down and wrote it. I think if you read enough then you know how it works. And if you have the ability to... People always say, um, always say, oh, everyone has a book in them. And it may be true that everyone has the story for a book in them, but it doesn't mean that they're the person that should be writing that book. I think you can either write a book or you can't. 
And I think that by studying and by reading and doing all those different things, you can learn and you can get better. But I think you can either do it or you can't do it. And I was lucky enough that when I sat down to try, it turned out I could. Oh, that's amazing. Well, I cannot wait to read your latest novel, The Power Play, uh, which is coming out tomorrow, guys. And I'll make sure that I put it below as well for people to go and get it. So tell me, how is it for you? Uh, how was your life pre-corona and how is it now? Um, well, I guess we're, we're mid-corona now, aren't we? So God knows what it'll be like after the corona. Uh, pre, in terms of writing, you mean? Um, yeah. Weirdly enough, I was writing a book pre-corona. I was one third of the way into my fourth book, which was all about a pandemic. And it was all about a pandemic that had been inflicted on the USA by a rogue state, which also happened to be in the Far East, um, as a biological weapon. So I've had to stop writing that. And I've had to start from scratch on an entirely new book. So I've, I had a one-line idea. And three weeks ago, I sat down and started writing that one-line idea uh, and kind of having a voyage into discovery. Uh, so it's been very, very weird for me because... I was, all, I was so far in. I had a book in my head. It was ready to go. I was one third written. I knew, it how, I knew how it started, ended, played out. And now I'm writing an entirely different book, uh, completely from scratch. And I haven't got a clue how it ends. So um, it's, it's been weird. It's, it's an unusual way of going about it. So can you share a little glimpse of what it kind of is about, your newest novel? The new one, um, well, the new one is about, um, it begins with a murder uh, in Key West, in the Florida Keys. Mm -hmm. And it's all about an investigation as to why this security guy on the docks has died, what's been brought through the docks that he's had to die for. Uh, and then it, it, it expands into whether or not there's a terrorist organization uh, about to commit an atrocity in the United States and how to stop them. Wow, that is, ooh, that is really exciting already. I cannot wait to get that one to get into my fingers. So from start to finish, <laughs> how, long, how long does it take you to write a book? Because it seems like you're just, you're just throwing out books out of your head. It's incredible. It's really amazing. Well, it's, it's been very different, as I said, because I've, I, I don't normally sit down with a plan. I normally just have an idea, a one-line idea, and then I think about it for a few months. And those few months of thinking will, will make things coalesce for me. Whereas this time I had a one-line idea and I just had to start writing because I don't have time. <laughs> I've got a deadline. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, so is it true, like as they say in the movies, that you have one of these, uh, that you have an agent who calls you and says, oh, you have a deadline coming up? Um, it is, yes. Uh, I, my publishers thankfully agreed with my decision to, to scrap the pandemic book. Uh, and so they, they will be a little bit more flexible because they understand that I'm having to do this. I'm, I'm starting three months later than I would have started because three months ago I started a different one. Um, and because they've agreed with it, that gives me some flexibility. But at the same time, it has to be done by the end of summer. So, so thank God I'm locked down. I've got nothing else to do. <laughs> wow, that is incredible. So around six months to write a whole book. That Basically, is really yeah. impressive because also, as I know, You have a young child, and uh, I think it's just incredible how you do everything you're doing. Uh, it's, it's really admirable. <laughs> yeah, he, he's a bit of a distraction. <laughs> he is a very cute distraction, if I can. He is, he is. 
But he has a very, very good mum who keeps him out of the way when she has to so that I can get work done. <laughs> Absolutely. So, so um, coming back to your profession then, being a criminal barrister, are you still a criminal barrister? Yes, yep. Um, I, on Monday, if we weren't in a lockdown, I'd be starting a murder trial. Uh, I had a four-week murder trial starting in the Old Bailey. That's now taking place sometime in November instead. Uh, so, yeah, I'm still full-time criminal barrister. It's, it's not a job I, I intend to stop, to be honest. It's a job I love. Um, I'll have, as the books get bigger and as things move on, I'll have to do less of it. It won't be something I can do every day by that point. But, um, but it's not a job I'd ever want to give up completely. Wow. It's just, you know, thinking about criminal barrister and when you're talking about murder, it's just, it really, for us people who do not do a profession like that, sounds like in the movies. How was it for you for the first time when you, st when you stood in court and you defended, I don't know, you, you defended a murder or a person who has, has been the victim? How was that for you? Well, the first time I stood in court is you start off in the magistrate's court and it's not as grand and you don't have the wig and the gown and, uh, and it's normally petty stuff. And the first time I was in a magistrate's court, I was defending somebody for jumping past a ticket barrier in a, in a train station. So it's not really all about the first time you do that. It's about the first time you, for me, it was the first time I went to the Old Bailey. Um, and I go to the Old Bailey a lot. I'm there all the time and it hasn't changed. It's still all about going to the Old Bailey. Whenever I walk through those doors, I haven't, it hasn't lost its magic. Wow. So if I may ask, uh, and if, I, if you can't, then don't say it. What was your, um, what was your orders trial? The, the one where you were really like, oh, this is really difficult or this is really just, uh, this is too much for me or something like that. What was the, which one gave you the most? Uh, um, it wasn't a trial, to be honest. And I won't give you too much details because it wasn't no, no. nice. Um, it, it wasn't a trial. It was just a sentence. I had to go, somebody had pleaded guilty to doing some horrible things. And I had to go and represent him. And it involved pictures of things and it involved children. And it's not the kind of work I ever do, but I was tricked into doing it basically because my clerks at the time said, oh, you, you, the case is waiting for you at court. So I, I wasn't given any files. I didn't know what I was going there for. And then by the time I got it and had to do the work, it was too late. I had to do it. And my problem with doing it was that I did it well. And I have to be honest, that was the biggest problem was that I was able to be professional enough to kind of draw down a veil and stand up and represent this horrible thing um, very well. And I got him a good sentence and I basically did all the things that would have disgusted me if I were not a lawyer. So the kind of things that I'd look at in the paper and think, how do those bastards do that? I did. And because that's my job and that's their job. None of us want to do that. None of us choose to do that. There is a thing called the cab rate principle, which means that a barrister can't turn down a case because if we turn down cases, nobody would be represented for any kind of sex crime. Nobody would be represented for, um, for, the, for the nastier crimes. And you have to remember some of these people are innocent. Yeah. So they have to be represented. And so I had to obey the rule and I had to represent this man. And I went back to my chambers. There were words exchanged with the people that give me the work and I've never had to do it again. Uh, but that wiped me out. I have to be honest. That, that, I, ended, I think I got drunk for about three days after that. Oh, I can imagine. I can imagine. It must be hard sometimes to be in your work. Um, so, great, nice. 
So going back to your book then, um, in yes. terms of Corona, when you're saying you're launching tomorrow, your book, PowerPlay, how do you do it? How is it going to happen? It's happening online, 8.30 tomorrow night, Thursday 16th on Facebook Live. So mm-hmm. all anyone has to do is go onto my Facebook page or my Facebook account. So Tony Kent writes or Tony Kent author, and I'll be doing a one and a half hour live launch. It's really hard. Um, the launch itself, you know, I, I talk for a living, so it's not going to be a problem me talking for an hour and a half. And we've got prizes to give away. Victoria's given us some perfume and it's got, so we've got some great stuff to give away. Um, and I've got books getting given away and, and vouchers in bookshops, etc. So it, it will be a nice event, but I have to be honest, the whole thing is very far from ideal because, you know, we're, we're all about bookshops. My kind of book sells in airports and there are no planes flying. Uh, my kind of book sells in railway stations and there are no trains running. Um, you know, it's, it's, we have to accept that this book is not going to be a blockbuster. This book, will be, And it's a shame because it's a really good book, but it's... Um, this is going to be now, this we hoped was going to be the book that might sort of break the barrier. Whereas now we have to put all of our eggs into the next book basket for that reason, because this will now be a book that hopefully gets discovered once the whole series gets discovered. Because we, we, we've got to be realistic. We, we're not going to sell that many hard copies because everyone's at home. And anybody in Tesco's, it's being stopped in Tesco's, but people go to Tesco's for... Beans and toilet roll, <laughs> not necessarily my book. Yes, but you know, online now, everyone is online and I make sure yeah. we get this out by tomorrow. So you're saying 8.30 UK PM time. 8.30 UK, yes. Which is important. So you mentioned... I always forget, you're an international person, Tessie. I always forget. Well, the audience <laughs> too, and uh, it's yes. always nice and people are on time. So um, you mentioned your wife very briefly, Victoria. So uh, very, very briefly, um, because I'm such a fan of her and her perfume. So can you tell me a tiny bit about her perfume uh, for everyone to explore it maybe as well? Yes, uh, Victoria is the global brand ambassador, as you know, for her father's perfumery, which is Clive Christian, formerly the crown perfumery, who made the perfumes for um, Queen Victoria and Prince Albert. Uh, they are now uh, Clive Christian. They have been for the last nearly 20 years. And they sell a whole range of extremely high-end, extremely lovely perfumes for men and for women, uh, which includes number one, which is the world's most expensive perfume officially, uh, but also includes a whole range of private collection, the original collection, and now a few more collections, all of which are in our bathroom, if anyone wants to come around and smell them, or alternatively, go to Harrods. <laughs> yes, I have, I have some myself, and I really, really love them. So, yes, I make sure everyone gets the link as well to the beautiful perfumes. Well, time is running out. So is there something, a key anecdote, or some key takeaways, or just some suggestions from you to everyone in times of corona? Uh, I would suggest, selfishly, it's a great time to read. <laughs> um, I've actually started a YouTube channel now, um, which talks about my own books, but another, another channel called Tony Kent Writes and Recommends, where I am trying to recommend authors that I love. Um, yeah. Because I think, you know, I've only written the three books, and you can only get two until tomorrow. So we've got so much time. If people want to you know, have some book recommendations and... Uh, and, and Netflix can only get you so far in terms of filling the time. Books are better. 
And I've tr- I'm trying to recommend, there's five episodes now, I'm trying to recommend as many books as I can that I love, that I hope other people will love. Well, thank you so much for your time, Tony. I could talk to you forever. I make sure I share all of your links. Always. And I wish you a most beautiful rest of the day and all the best for your book launch tomorrow. Thank you for listening to this Zoom O'Clock. We hope this discussion was insightful and has provoked some new ideas for you. Please share and subscribe. If you like to keep in touch with your host, you can find her on Instagram under Tessie underscore from underscore Luxembourg and on Twitter under Tessie underscore DE. <laughs>